We've got to find a way, you know. You got to find a way this time of year against uh, good teams and against pressure and against attention and you know against a good goalie. You got to find a way. That those are the teams that uh, that end up standing at the end of the day. Shove it in. Uh, you know, I, I think that's uh, we're searching for those answers. That, that's our job to try and turn over every stone here. Um, is there some X and O answers? I'm sure there's some things we can talk about and do a little bit differently uh, the, the moments in this series where we've had success there's no doubt we're, we're doing certain things uh, but we're not doing them for long enough stretches and, and with enough participants uh, every night whacking that thing around Letty wristing in around the wall on the Tampa end far side to near lightning reverse it near side to far but give it away Bailey couldn't hold his own turnover in tight Boom. Sadness. That's the one. Positive in New York. <laughs> Those guys are positive. Oh my god. My god. So Robin Leonard's gonna start tonight. Unless Pete DeBoer's pulling a fast one with who leads yeah, the I don't ice think he's first. Doing that. He hasn't done it yet. He could do yeah. it, but he hasn't done it yet. Hey, he did it he, he put Logan yeah. Thompson off first. Well Logan that. Thompson came back though, didn't he? He was off quick, too. Yeah. Supposedly with all these videos, he took a couple shots and got off the ice. So Is Robin Leonard on Twitter right now? In the locker room reading it? Yep. Oh, it's a better chance. It's better odds than not. He, yeah. Here's the problem for Robin Leonard. I think most Golden Knights fans are angry at Mark Stone and the forwards for not scoring. So most of the hate is not going to be directed to Robin Leonard. No, not after, not after he played really well. You know, we've said it. In the break, like most of them have switched over. They just want to win because they're going to get eliminated if they don't. Um, so I think the hate's going to be a lot off now this time because he did win in Montreal last time. Um, we both said if he plays really well tonight, 3-2, two, 4-2, two, he has to start game seven. You could not come back with Flurry. I think that would be very bizarre. Um, so, no, I, I agree with you. I think the hate's going to be more towards why aren't we scoring in their their minds in terms of we. Uh, certainly not our times on we. Um, but, yeah, I think more. I don't know if he'll get more hate. And maybe he won't be as – that's the other thing. Does hate motivate him? Right. He needs like, it. That's he what I'm needs saying. the hate. It's bad news for yeah. him. Now, maybe it's good news. He says, hey, Mark, Mark Stone, come look at these <laughs> damn tweets. Score a goal. Is Robin Leonard the only guy in, on Daisy uh, plays that doesn't take a nap? They be. all take naps, these might guys. Be. It's yeah, very strange. Three, Every one of these guys Twitter. take a nap. No nap, just tweet scrolling. I just like Patrick and Marshall. How are you taking naps like 10 kids running around? What That's probably that? why you have to take a nap. <laughs> you're like, yeah, like, I need to, I, I have to get my pregame nap. They're always napping. <laughs> it, it, honey, it has nothing to do with not wanting to watch the kids. It's yeah. for the game. That's actually a good move by hockey players. It's like, yeah, I'm going to take yeah. a pregame nap. I mean, and avoid the kids. I think if we both said before the show, we think this is who should start. Yeah, I, I think mean, it's. It, at this point, it doesn't matter who right. starts if you're going to lose the puck every time you transition through the neutral zone. Yeah. The question yeah. is, how many goals do you think you're going to score as a as a team? Because well, I mean, can you think you'd score any more than three at this point? So if if I'm Pete DeBoer, 
I think Marc-Andre Fleury is the more likely of the two goalies to have a shutout. Because I think Marc Andre Fleury is the one that can make four or five ridiculous saves. Oh, because of because so athletic, right? Right. Yeah. But I also think Marc Andre Fleury is the one that's more likely to give up five. Right. And so it kind of it's okay. How many goals do you think you need to win? If or how many goals do you think you're going to score? Three. Because if you think you're only going to score one, then you probably start Fleury because you're like, well, Jesus, we need to shut out. But if you think you can get three. Leonard's a safe bet. Like Le- Leonard's going to, he's going to give up a goal because they're going to get a, a two on one and, right, yeah. and he's not going to yeah. make a remarkable save, but he's also going to be the, the safer goalie in terms of, he's not going to kick one into his own net from behind the net. He's not going to miss it with his glove while it goes into the high corner. Like Leonard's a little bit safer in that regard. So if you think you're getting three, Leonard's probably going to have one or two and you've got a good chance to win. But if you're sitting here saying, Jesus, we can't score unless Alex Petrangelo does it. We only going to get one. Yeah, we might need to start Flurry. Thinking ahead, I've, we talked about you do agree if he plays well, he has to start Game Seven. Yes, oh, you, yeah. you can't go back to Flurry at that point. If they if they win tonight, three two yeah, two one, it it has, he has to, be to start winning. seven. It has to be like it, and as much as DeBoer wants to talk about, he does what's right for the team in that and, game and whatever. Like if you're going into Game Seven and Robin Leonard's won two his only two starts and played in the very series, well in both and played well in both and Flurry's already lost two games at home in the series, which again, granted, not that they're always his fault. Right, one of them was, but not well. That was actually in Montreal when he kicked it in his own net. But like, not that it's always his fault. But you just to me, you can't go away from Leonard if he has another. Really I good don't game. think you can go in. I don't. Th- I, I don't know. We're all like we said the other day. We're all human. It's human nature to wonder what people think. I don't care if you're a coach or whatever or a player. You care. Um, I just don't think if he plays well tonight, I think in Pete DeMore's mind, the negativity and what would come if he went back to Flurry and they lost like 4-2, I mean, he would oh. just be lambate. I mean, he and again, I don't know if he cares about that. I still think people care more than they do. Like, I don't read anything. I don't read anything. Yeah, you do. You read everything. Um, but yeah, if he went back to Flurry and they lost again, third time at home, he would just be torched. We talk a lot about the fan base and their response. If they win tonight with Leonard, Two one, uh, two one, three two. Yeah, and they go back home, and he starts flurry in seven, and, and loses. they lose. Oh, it's not the fan base that I think he has to be worried about. It's his front office. It's McPhee yeah. and McCrimmon who said we get we traded for Leonard for a reason right. a year ago. Gave him and, five, twenty-five over five for a lot. And, yeah, and now you he played well in back-to-back. Yeah, I, that no. that would be more of a second guessing from the front now, office. Than they the win base. six five tonight. Maybe there's a decision because right. if Leonard doesn't play well, and he gives it, but they still won now. Them scoring. Six. Oh, <laughs> what am I saying? Oh my uh, have they scored six the entire series? <laughs> is, is someone getting injured? Are we starting? Well, they scored Ryan? four in the first one, so maybe they're at six. It, are we starting Ryan Reeves and he's just immediately uh, like drop kicking somebody in the chest? Is news yeah, news from Montreal is Ryan Reeves took Alex Tuck's place on the lines this morning. Afterwards, DeBoer said Alex Tuck is fine. Don't worry about it. Which means translation Ryan Reeves is probably being scratched again. I do want to ask you about this. Uh, Pete DeBoer said yesterday Chandler Stevenson is not one hundred percent. Now, hockey players playing at not one hundred percent isn't uncommon in the playoffs. But Sinbin reported a couple days ago that Chandler Stevenson was out because of concussion related symptoms. The the hit that injured him was a hit to the head. Like there was a hit to the head in the last game that he had played before he uh, was injured. What are we doing with a guy not 100% yeah. who's coming back from a concussion? That seems wrong. I missed on this because that's the one, one of the questions I wanted to ask Darren Millard is to, if, if he's not 100% and it's a head issue, what does that why mean? is he playing? Yeah, what, like... Because it's, like you said, there's very few, very few guys that will be on the ice tonight that is completely 100% at this time in the season. Very few. Someone has a bruise, someone has a nick, someone has a knee, someone, they, they all have something at this point. 
But a concussion, you're dealing with a different thing. Like yeah. when it's a head I- issue, then it's different than, hey, my knee's hurting. Hey, wrap it up. We'll shoot you up and you'll be fine. The head is different. So when you say he's not 100%, if we, if we, you know, take, you know, if we take the, the Sinbin report that it was a concussion, I mean, that's the one injury where, like, he has to be 100%. Because right. you, you have to pass a lot of protocols. You have to pass a lot of tests. And here's the thing. I can't imagine the Golden Knights would play him if he wasn't 100% coming back from a concussion. I I almost think Pete DeBoer sort of phrased it poorly, where he meant to say something along the lines of, you know, he missed a few games. He's just now getting thrown back into to game time. So he's not, you know, back up to speed or right. something like that. Right. But he said 100%, which makes it sound and like... And what is that? Oh, and was he like 60%? Right. I don't know what that means. So I, I think he just used like the wrong phrase because you would use that if a guy had like a muscle pull yeah. or something yeah. or whatever. A knee or an ankle. Yeah, right. exactly. But I, so I just think he used the wrong phrase because I can't imagine the Golden Knights would be like, well, he got four of the five concussion uh Questions right when we tested him again. So, what is your name, Mark Stone? <laughs> yeah, but you did get what? What is a picture of this? It's a picture of a cow. You're in. Yeah, like <laughs> I can't imagine they'd play him unless he passed all the. I don't even think you can. I think it like they'd be in a, a ton of trouble if they played a guy who wasn't cleared for concussion. Did you see where Noshik's out tonight? Noshik is out. Yeah. yeah. Well, who's in? I'm assuming he's out because his quote to the media was, "Robin played great in four. I hope he's good tonight." So Pete DeBoer immediately took him out of the lineup because, like, he actually gave away that Robin Leonard's the goalie. <laughs> so, no, I'm just—he's—he's he's probably not out. But I tell you what, he got a strict talking to when he went off that media desk. He's like, "Did you just say we hope he plays well tonight?" So, I don't know if he's playing good. <laughs> just, if he plays, oh man! But Pete. He was the first goalie off the ice. Doesn't <laughs> that mean he's our too. goalie? I saw him too. <laughs> I mean, that we kid, but I guarantee the eyes went up by somebody when he said he proved he was a great goalie in game four. Hopefully he can tonight too. It's like, uh, we're not supposed to say that stuff. All right. Did we see Celine Dion's tweet? I didn't. Uh, I, I mean, I couldn't obviously translate it. So Celine Dion tweeted something in French. Uh, whatever St. John Baptiste Day to all Quebecers. Is it Quebecers? Uh, okay. I don't know. They're French. <laughs> they might pronounce it differently. But she added in this tweet, by the way, I have nothing to do with this photo. And you know what photo I'm talking about. Uh, for those of you that don't know, the Golden Knights, since year one, have used Photoshop pictures of celebrities in Golden Knights jerseys. And Celine Dion is one of them because Celine Dion has played in Vegas for a very long time. And so... During the last game, there was a picture of Celine Dion in the Golden Knights jersey on the big screen. A reporter uh, covering the Canadians tweeted it out, and the Montreal Gazette picked it up and called Celine Dion a traitor because she was in a Golden Knights jersey. Phenomenal work by the Montreal Gazette, but now Celine Dion is basically saying she's not cheering for the Golden Knights. Well, I mean, she shouldn't be. She's Canadian. She's from there. Should she be? Shouldn't she be cheering for the Canadian team? I think she's a front runner. I mean, yeah, well, I think she's gonna flip us if if they win Game Seven. Like, she'll the, be a Golden Knight. Yeah, nice I think she'll so. she'll be in the front row with she's a front <laughs> little John and Flava Flav. Is it just me or do Canadian fans whine about a lot of stuff? Oh yeah, they do. The the refs, Celine Dion. Yeah, they're French. I mean, I've my been, goodness. I've been on a war path against the French since this series started. <laughs> so we'll yeah, just it add is. A, it's a it. very. It's one of your oldest man takes. It is. Ah, those French. You don't like the French. It's just the language. I have I've said it before. It's so condescending. I don't know what they're saying, but everything they say sounds condescending. They're I very feel condescending. Like they're insulting me. I've been uh, fortunate to be in France two or three times, and and is very condescending because you don't speak the language, and they just the looks you get, 
Like you're just trying to say, where is the baguettes? <laughs> like I'm hungry. I need bread and cheese. And they will look at you and just laugh at you because you're the idiot American coming to their country. They're very condescending. Now, this isn't Canada. This is the French. But they're very condescending. Right. Okay. Well, there's also a level. The, the So – now, do you believe I should have done more research before I went there and tried to speak their language? What you uh, typically with Parisians, with Parisians, you have to speak French poorly. Have them. Speak I don't even French. try to speak. No, that's the, that's what we say. You have to speak French poorly. Have them go. I speak English, and you go. Oh well, sorry, sorry, I can't speak better French. And then immediately they'll be cool with you. You basically Dang. just have to apologize for not being French, and then as soon as you do well, that, they're like. Buddy, the wife pulled a fast one on him. He didn't be t- didn't tell me, and I know this is why we were hated in the street. She pulls out the dictionary, the translate. <laughs> Forget about it. When you go to the dictionary, baguette, and in your dictionary, bread to French baguette. Wait, how long I mean, ago was this? Uh, this one was like three years ago. Oh my god, get the phone out. Why do you need an actual dictionary? She got it on an actual book. Yeah. Get the phone out. You can type any word into Google and just French after it, and it'll tell you what the word is. Listen, do you not realize that last week I didn't know what the moon was on my iPhone? You guys busted out a (laughs) book? I did not. Hey, does she use an atlas when she needs to get somewhere? (laughs) I watched a really, really, really stupid uh, special that one time proved that you actually could get better directions by just, like, motioning, like, using your hands and, like, gesticulating than actually, like, reading out of the guidebook, like, where is the mall in their language if you just are like... Oh, you're talking about them telling you where something... Yeah. I thought you were talking about driving down the street and waving your hands and the car would take you to, like, the mall. Like, that doesn't sound right. Like, I usually don't have no, my no, hands on the steering wheel anyway. Right. I, like, I don't have my hands on the steering wheel, but it doesn't take me home unless I know where I'm going. And that's just your eyes. Just using your eyes. I'm like, I'm not, like, waving my hands near Take me home. No, okay. Uh, now I get what you mean. I mean, like, it's like, what, like... Uh, There's, like, a basically, apparently, all people kind of get basic hand gestures more so than like the best would be like pictionary you just have a you just start drawing stuff and like oh we know what that is yeah it's uh but they i don't know it appears like you said appear canadians are the same way in terms of they're very kind of snooty in a way where if you don't know french or whatever they kind of like talk down to you doug was here that day the canadians is spelled with an e E. in the team name if you're just a canadian it's spelled with an a the reason is because the French Canadians wanted to be different from the regular Canadians, so they spelled Canadian differently than the rest of Canada. Wow, these people are really out to lunch. All right, you want to win a pair of tickets to go see Jason Aldean at Park Theater at Park MGM? He's coming in December, and we've got tickets to give away. They don't go on sale until tomorrow, so you can win them here before you can buy them. So Jason Aldean tickets at Park Theater at Park MGM. 702-364-1100 is our number. 702 702- 364-1100. We will take caller number 10 at 702-364-1100. Bischoff's Briefs. You know what happened last month without anybody noticing? This is for real. Webster's Dictionary expanded the definition of the word literally to include the way it's commonly misused. Bischoff's Briefs. So the thing is, we no longer have a word in the English language. That means literally. Literally doesn't have a synonym. Bischoff's briefs. We're going to have to find a Latin word for it and use it. But see, I don't know any Latin. Bischoff's briefs. So when I say that I am literally going to set fire to this building with you in it, you don't know if I'm speaking figuratively or literally. 
Congratulations to Kevin. He won a pair of tickets to go see Jason Aldean in December at Park MGM. Bischoff's briefs today is looking at the great Nick Suzuki and if the Golden Knights should regret trading him. So in this series, Nick Suzuki has scored a goal and has four assists. He has five points in this series. That is more than any Golden Knight has in this series. No Golden Knight has topped three points in this series. But not only is Nick Suzuki better than all the Golden Knights, he's got more points than all of his own teammates, too. So five games into this playoff series, Nick Suzuki has the most points of any player in this playoff series. Nick Suzuki, a guy the Golden Knights traded away to get Max Pacioretty, is outperforming Pacioretty, every other Golden Knight, and every other Canadian. It's brutal for the Golden Knights, but it's more than just the points because when Nick Suzuki has been on the ice, Montreal's expected goals is 61%. The high danger chances with Suzuki on the ice are in favor of Montreal, 24 to 11. Montreal is dominant when Suzuki has been on the ice. And when he's been on the ice against Max Pacioretty in this series, 16 minutes, Montreal's expected goals is 86%. Their high danger chances, they're winning 7 to 3. So, like, not only is Suzuki outscoring the entire Golden Knights team, and the entire Canadians, but when he's on the ice, they're dominant, and when he's on the ice against Pacioretty, the guy they traded him for, they're even more dominant. But here's what makes it worse for the Golden Knights, is they traded for Pacioretty because they were trying to win now. Montreal was selling, Vegas was buying, right? Vegas going for a cup. And in the first year after that trade, they had Max Pacioretty here, and he was great in that first year in the playoffs. Scored five goals and six assists in seven games but they lost in seven to San Jose. So they didn't really, you know, you didn't really cash in at all. You lose in the first round. You don't really cash in for anything on that trade. And since that season, Nick Suzuki made his NHL debut the next year. Nick Suzuki has 20 points in 26 playoff games the last two years. Max Pacioretty has 19 points in 28 playoff games the last two years. So not only is Nick Suzuki outperforming Pacioretty in this series while the Canadians are up three to two, Nick Suzuki has outperformed Max Pacioretty over the last two years in the playoffs. That's insane that that's happening. There's no denying that Max Pacioretty has been good for the Golden Knights, right? He's been their leading scorer since he came here. Like he has been a very good player for a team that's been one of the best in hockey for the last three seasons. But Nick Suzuki looks really good. And Nick Suzuki is younger and Nick Suzuki is cheaper. And Nick Suzuki plays a position that's more valuable in center than Max Pacioretty. And normally when you trade away a prospect for a proven star, you do it knowing, Hey, four, five, six years down the road, this guy's a chance to look bad for us. That guy could be really good. And the guy we traded for his career could be on the downturn. You don't normally expect in the second and third years after that trade for Max Pacioretty to be outperforming or Nick Suzuki to be outperforming Max Pacioretty in the playoffs. And right now beating you in the playoffs three years later. Pacioretty's good. This is a brutal trade for the Golden Knights. Absolutely brutal because of what Nick Suzuki is doing. Because you can make the argument, given the Golden Knights lack of center depth, they'd be better off just straight up for with Nick Suzuki right now than Max Pacioretty. Really? They, who was their first line center yeah. the last three? It was like Alex I mean, Tuck. They had to play out of position on the first I line. I got it at the time. It, oh, yeah. I got it at the time. Well, they, I, I mean, not only did it not work out with Suzuki, 
they wouldn't give up glass. Oh, well, that's that's I mean, the worst. The other part, part of, of the trade is likely. they wanted glass. Like, no, it's like, all right, we'll take Suzuki. But the Tatar guy is going to be really good for us. <laughs> so you can throw that Suzuki kid in. We have no idea what he does. Uh, and now it's like their second line center. Uh, I assume years in the coming years should be their front line center for a lot of years. Um, yeah, I mean, I got it at the time, but you're right. You know, everything's you know hindsight in terms of what happens down the road and what's happening right now is the trade is being embarrassed because right. the Suzuki kids a lot better. At this it's point. not a, it, it's not a bad trade to make, right? Like the, certainly not at the time, right? They, the golden Knights upgraded from Tatar to patch yeah. and they gave up a prospect and a second round pick for it. It's, it's expensive, but Max patch is a very good. Yes. Yeah, terrific. The problem is, is the Canadians are in the same spot in the playoffs as the golden Knights right now. Like that's the problem is, is when you make that trade for patch and they're actually ahead. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> when you make that trade for patch you're, you're saying it because, hey, we can win a Stanley Cup right now. We've got a whatever year or whatever amount of years you think your championship window is. We've got a chance to win the Stanley Cup right now. Yep. So Nick Suzuki's not going to help us because Nick Suzuki's going to be good five years down the road, right? When we're, we're trying to win it now. The fact that Nick Suzuki has outperformed Patrick in the playoffs the last two years, which is years two and three after that deal, is brutal for this team. Absolutely brutal to look back on it. So... It's again, it's at the time, it's not a bad trade. And even now, I think you can look back and say it wasn't like a bad trade for the Golden Knights. It's not like they've got a complete bum in Pacioretty, but it has not given them the advantage that they thought that would have over Nick Suzuki. And from this point forward, it's pretty easy to say you'd rather have Suzuki than Pacioretty because from younger, cheaper, and plays a more important position. 10, 12 more years. Right. And where's Pacioretty? He'll be good for a few more years, yeah. but Nick Suzuki might have end. a Nick Suzuki yeah. might have a twelve, thirteen year career where he's awesome. Pacioretty, you're going to get two or three, two more or three more maybe, and and then the the client's probably going to hit right. pretty hard at some point. So it's a brutal trade to look back on. It's brutal to be losing at this point in the Especially playoffs to, him. to the guy you traded away from yeah. Pacioretty. Now, I say all that, and to go back to what we started the show with, and talking about where Montreal is and losing to this team, they had the 18th best record in hockey. There's a very good chance Montreal like doesn't even make the playoffs next year. Like they're they're not necessarily really? like a juggernaut team. I'd have to what if they well, go the, back to where the they go back to the regular divisions. I can't, I've I've the bubble and the pandemic has kind of lost. Remember I know who's going to be in the Pacific, <laughs> and after that, I don't know who's going to be in anything because all the bad teams yeah, are in the Pacific. Because again, I don't even remember at this point. They'll be in with like Boston, both New York teams, Toronto? Buffalo, New Jersey. Toronto, does Toronto get put in the other division? I can't remember exactly. Anyway, there's a chance they might not be the fourth best team in that division. You just named four better teams. <laughs> <laughs> Can you say those team names again? Because I think they're the fifth best team right now. So there's a chance next year the Golden Knights are back in the conference finals and the Montreal didn't even make wow. the playoffs. And there Golden you go. Knights better be close to it. The Pacific. Oh. Well, yeah. yeah gonna... I don't even know if I hang a banner after next year. What bad team are they going to lose to in the Western Conference final next year? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's interesting because they have to get, they, you know, they only played Pacifics in the first two rounds. So, well, the wild card makes it to where you could play a non-Pacific team in the first round. What the if wild they play, cards can go um, either way. Here, I got it. I, no, no, I got it for you. Seattle wins the wild card, but they have to go into the central side of the playoff bracket. And it's Seattle Vegas in the Western Conference final. Oh, the Kraken. And the Golden Knights have a chance to make sure they're the only expansion team. That's ever made the final. What if well, they lose to the Minnesota, but Kaprizov's with the KHL in Russia, and they don't even they can't beat them? And that <laughs> lunatic, he signed like a twenty million dollar deal to go back to Russia. <laughs> that would be bad. 
lose to a bad Minnesota <laughs> a team. A bad Minnesota team. What happened to that Kaprizov guy last year? He's pretty good. Well, he went back to he's with Shippy in the KHL making millions of dollars. Minnesota gets worse. Vegas like adds Jack Eichel and gets Jack better. Jack Eichel. And they lose to Minnesota like in five Jack, I, in the first I, I mean, I laugh, but like, I mean, in the summer, it's like Kelly has a press conference at three and they've like gotten Jack Eichel. I'm like, yeah, yeah, that makes yeah. That makes that makes total sense. They're currently 24 million over the salary exactly. cap. We'll Don't find worry. out what happens. We've next. got a month. We've got a month to figure it out. <laughs> All right. Coming up next, J.R. Starkus joins the show. Ready for the weekend? Like I picked the wrong week to quit drinking. Let's find out what's on tap with J.R. Starkus. Champagne, perfume going in, sewage coming out. Yeah, here he is, Key Account Executive, Southern Glaciers Wine Spirits in Nevada. Follow him on Twitter, J.R. Starkus. Instagram, J.R. Makes Drinks. You have not, I'm checking here, why haven't you been more uh, like pounding your chest about the Red Sox this year? They're in first place. I know, but uh, that usually lasts. Only a part amount of the, a little bit of the time, uh, so I'm trying not to. You won a World Series like two years yeah. ago. What are you talking about? <laughs> well, spin rates are down. You know, there's a lot of <laughs> there's a lot of disadvantages happening now these days. So, who knows what's going to change in the next few months? Um, I'll be talking all my bleep come September, October, especially when they start facing the Yankees. Is... That's when I really that's when I step my game up. Does your kid pitch? He, he, yes and no. I mean, he's not a pitcher. He doesn't train to be a pitcher, but he's one of those kids that has always been able to just go out there and throw strikes for well, you. I'm sure he um, did. I'm sure he can because I'm looking at a pitcher. I mean, he's got a lot of eye black on. Is he like? Is he like taking? Is he cheating? Is he like rubbing the eye black and like spinning it? I mean, he's got a lot. Him, this is too much eye yet. black on this kid right now. I haven't taught him that yet. Uh, wow. Hopefully, I don't need to teach him that. <laughs> I don't want to teach him that. I want him to. You know, there's a lot of. Um, he's got a lot of advantages. Uh, that other kids don't have, and then you know there's um, some disadvantages that he has that other kids don't have. So <laughs> his dad's um, not yelling at him; he's usually drunk with all no, that I'm not, alcohol. I'm not yelling at him anymore. I sit far, far, far away, so when I do yell, you can't hear it. <laughs> Jesus. Wow. I, uh, you know what's fun, Jr. The Dodgers haven't won a game since umpires started checking pitchers uh, for foreign substances. Yeah. You know, it's it's pretty ugly watching Trevor Bauer come out and like immediately get taken yard. Uh, I mean, <laughs> it's, 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 but it, what I love about it though, is because the Dodgers and the Padres, you know, whether they can't, they despise each other as much as we think they do. Like that atmosphere that you're getting watching those guys play. Um, I don't care. You could give me those two teams play every single day and I would love it. You see Tatis kind of acknowledge Bauer after he swung through a fastball last night. I thought that was good, but then like there were two home runs after that. So I was like, yeah, that's not very good. Yeah. Yeah. And then I saw when like, uh, well, who was it? Somebody threw their bat or bats with the other hand, and he offered him pine tar. And uh, it would have been super extra if he would have just like handed over his hat, like, "Hey, you want some of this gunk on the bottom of my hat or something?" You know, that would have been that would have been cool. Maybe you ought to uh, rub some on soft Bellinger. Why is he so soft? Jesus, he's, he's always back. Hurt, that guy. He's always he's hurt. He's back. He's yeah. fine. He's, so he's back, back now. He's fine. I mean, so Jr., you kind you kind of you kind of a chime in on the nights. You okay with Leonard starting tonight? <laughs> yes, I am. But here's the bad thing about that. So I know I've told you guys before, I am the world's worst sports better. I don't bet sports anymore because it doesn't matter who I bet. It doesn't matter the lock rate. Um, it, it, could be, it could be the Red Sox right now versus my son's baseball team, and I would say, oh, Red Sox are locking. My son's team would find a way to win. It's, I am the worst. So um, the last time Leonard started, I remember texting one of my buddies because we, we, he and I were having a, a, a lunch together. 
and he's a big Knights fan. He was going to the game that night, and I said, man, I love Leonard in net tonight, and that was a game they went seven uh, goals. So um, I <laughs> game one Colorado of JR. It is so. Yes, do I like it? Yes, but that's probably a really bad thing. All right, so Islanders win six to four tonight. Is the final score? Say that one more time. I said Islanders are going to win six to four, all because you like Leonard in net. Oh yeah, I mean it. It doesn't matter who I like. The team that I like will lose. It's just that simple. The, the Red Sox just won the World Series. Would yeah. you calm down with this? Woe is me. They just won did, it like three years ago. Did Did you judge <laughs> and the beer when they won that World Series? By the way, I was I was like this team. They got no shot. Oh I'm yelling God. at the end. They win. So that just goes to show you, I'm the worst. Did Did you judge the beer being thrown at Nassau last night like as bad beer and they needed IPAs? Like, did you have some kind of snooty response about the beer being thrown on the ice? No, I didn't have any response to any beer. I didn't watch that game last night, to be honest with you. Um, I was watching College World Series baseball. That was awesome. Yeah, Tyler and I were saying earlier in the show, I don't know about Tyler, but I forgot that thing was even on. Oh, I have been absolutely glued to my – like if I'm in the market, um, I have my earbud in, I'm listening to the game on my phone. Um, You know, because as my son approaches college, these things are even more interesting than they ever were to me um, with, with baseball. Um, I've always enjoyed the College World Series. I always remember watching it with my father when I was young. And, um, you know, I regrettably still have never made it to Omaha for this, and I desperately want to do it. I want to see if maybe I can do it next year. But I love watching this that style of baseball. I like pro baseball, but to me, college baseball, watching these kids with, you know, for some of those boys, it'll be the last time they ever play baseball because, you know, they're going to go on to their, whatever their career is, is playing for Vanderbilt, an engineer or something like that. Um, some of these boys, Jack Leiter and whatnot, will be in the pros. Um, but watching those boys, those young men, play with the passion that they do and hustling every play, um, a little bit of that goes away, obviously, when you become a pro and you're more of a, a commodity to the team. And so, you know, you know, running down a hard 90 in, in, in July um, isn't the most important thing in the world when you're worth $350 million to that team. So, you know, it's a... It's, uh, I love watching the tenacity and the fight and the um, the energy that's behind all these baseball teams. And I can relate to the parents, right? You watch your kid out there and and everything is riding on your kid, it seems like, you know. And when your kid does something great, it's the best part of the world. And then when they do something poor, <laughs> you just want to go tuck away and be like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe you did that. I'll meet you in the car later, kid. You know, <laughs> don't worry, you're going to get it when you get in the car later. But it, it, I just I really enjoy watching um, college baseball right now. If your son ends up playing baseball at Mississippi State, I hope he hits 111 for his entire career. 111? Yeah. Why 111? Tyler, Tyler went to Mississippi. Uh, I want to see him um, hit a ball into the stands and watch all the beer fly up because that's awesome, too. He's got to go to Ole Miss to do that. Yeah. Mississippi State doesn't <laughs> Ole Miss. Do that. That's what I'm, I don't know where he's going to go. It's going to be interesting. He's, in a sh- he's actually in a showcase yesterday. He's got one today and he's got a couple in a couple weeks. So we'll, we'll see what some of these coaches think about him. <laughs> First time ever in Omaha, someone's kicked out for having scaffolding past the left field. Like, who the hell's out there? Things been around hundred years. Who's that guy out there building the scaffolding? What do you got for us today? You kind of had some kind of blender with a strawberry in it or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, so you know, as when it gets hot, right? I mean, one of the things when I was behind the bar that always kind of, you know, bartenders in any any bartender listening right now, chances are their bartenders their their blender's broken behind their bar, guaranteed, right? Whether it's working or not, it's broken. And it's because bartenders hate making blended drinks. Uh, they take too long cleaning up the blender every time. It's a pain in the butt. Um, so, you know, 
I wanted to say, okay, well, you know, with the frozen beverages being probably the most popular thing on the strip, you see all those margaritas by the yard or whatnot. But let's be frank, like that's, that's sugar and very little alcohol. And um, they're, they're poorly made, you know, but they're relatively speaking, that's what you're expecting when you get one of those, you know, three footers full of strawberry mix. Um, so what I wanted to do was create a beverage, something that you can use for yourself by the pool and teach you how to make like a real strawberry margarita, right? A real way of doing it that tastes great um, without, w- without making some of the popular misconceptions. So in order to do it, right, first thing you're going to need is obviously a good blender. You can't use a crappy blender. You need a good blender. You're going to pick your fruit. Um, for me, it's strawberry. Um, you can really use any fruit that you so desire, um, but you have to take into account, you know, like watermelon, for instance, has a lot more water content than strawberry does. Uh, pineapple has more fiber. So you kind of have to play with it a little bit. But to me, strawberries are that perfect, like, happy medium between all these things. Um, and the other secret to using fresh fruit in a blended beverage is using frozen fruit, right? So go buy some strawberries, hold them, or go buy frozen whole strawberries. Um, but that is what you want to do. Don't use fresh non-frozen strawberries in your drink because that will water down the drink more and you don't want that. You want this to be like that kind of nice, thick, almost slushy-like consistency. So the way that I'm going to teach you to do it is the best way. So in order to make one strawberry margarita, a good blender, and then you're going to take one cup of whole frozen strawberries, call it eight to nine strawberries, will get you about a cup, okay? Throw them right into the blender, as frozen as they get. And then you're going to add two ounces of tequila. Pick your favorite tequila. I like Patron Silver. Um, if, you have a, if you're a fan of a different tequila, that's fine. It can be silver. It can be reposado. It can be añejo. It really doesn't matter here because it's going to go in the blender. Will it make the drink taste different? Yes. Will it make the drink taste bad? No. Right? So it doesn't matter which tequila you're using. You can even use a mismatch of, of tequilas. If you're like, oh, I only have one ounce of Patron and one ounce of, of uh, Espolone, that's fine. Use one ounce of each. It doesn't, it doesn't matter here, okay? So two ounces of tequila. You're going to use an ounce and a half. So this is, this is where people make a mistake, too. You have to, in a blended drink, up the acid and up the sugar that you typically would in a shaken or uh, beverage, right? So we're going to use a full ounce and a half of lime juice. And we're going to use a full ounce of agave nectar. That's about double what you'd use typically in a shaken beverage. Okay? So two ounces tequila, one and a half ounces lime juice, one ounce agave nectar, and one full cup of strawberries. The last piece that you're going to need, because you still need to dilute this a little bit and you need a little more volume in there to make this a nice blended cocktail, two ounces of just water. That's your dilution. That's the part that is playing as your ice, right? Ice is just melted water or frozen water. Because we're using the frozen strawberries, that's our frozen component here. That's our flavor. The water will help to bring the dilution down and bring the consistency to where we need it. So those ingredients all go into a blender. Flip on the switch, blend it for 15, 20 seconds, pour it into your glass that's rimmed with salt or whatever. Um, And then I like taking a little bit of like tahini seasoning and topping it with some tahini seasoning. And that's the perfect really flavorful strawberry margarita. It's that simple, and that's the way that you should do it every single time. It's delicious. Um, It's batchable, so, you know, you can make several at a time. I will say that if you're trying to make, like, 10 at a time, sometimes 
you want to back down on the tequila a little bit because when you're making no. 10, you're putting like a full 20 ounces of tequila no. in there. It can, to some people, taste really strong. I don't necessarily advise against it, but you may want to back down a little bit. That's up to you. But if you're making one or two or three, you can follow that recipe, just multiply out. Uh, and it's absolutely delicious. It's perfect for the warm weather. It's the right way to do it. You can, you, you can mix fruits, like I said. So you're like, I don't like strawberries. I like mango. Great. Use one cup of mango. I don't like that. I like blueberries. Great. Use some blueberries or whatever the case is. You may have to tweak a little bit depending on, like I said, the fiber and the water on your fruit. Um, but for the most part, that'll get you exactly what you're looking for. It is absolutely delicious and the only way, in my opinion, that anybody should make a frozen beverage. We don't back down. We man up. That way. I like it. I like it. I mean, I'm down with it. I, last time I made some for my wife and her girlfriend that were over, um, they were pretty fired up after a couple of those bad boys, that's for sure, because I let them also oh, no. taste the full potency of the tequila. So <laughs> Boy. they were in the pool. I was like, oh, should, I get the, should I get the lifeguard out or what? I mean, I got to keep an eye on these two. Might, luckily, they're just floating around out there, but Man. my goodness. Yeah. You're, you're something. The moms must love you. Especially at the baseball games, man, when I make the beverages with the coffee, you know what I mean? Follow him on Twitter at J.R. Starkus. This will be up on his Instagram at J.R. Makes Drinks. Key account executive, Southern Glazers Wine Spirits Nevada, our expert mixologist and a weird baseball guy. Thank you, buddy. Thanks, J.R. <laughs> you got it, guys. Have a good one. Oh, uh, College World Series. This guy, I mean, can you imagine this guy if this kid's in the College World Series and J.R. like making, like, building building huts in the outfield and stuff and with alcohol. The guy comes by and he's like, beer, peanuts? And he's like, I brought my own. Yeah, exactly. He's got blend. <laughs> he's got blenders up there and he's mixing drinks. Like, Why have, where have you been for the last 40 years? He's got a solar panel that's powering his blender. Uh, Mississippi State better not win that. All right, coming up next. <laughs> what are we doing now? Oh, we got a voicemail to play next. Yes. I'm excited about this. And he hits this one a ton. Left field going back. Stewart, that's got a chance. It's gone. A two-run homer for Altuve, his 17th of the season. And the Astros, just like that, lead six to nothing. Five foot nine righty, the pitch. And this one's hammered to right field. And that's gonna get out of here for a home run. Wow, way deep in right center field for Jordan Alvarez. His 11th homer of the year. The Astros lead eight nothing. Here's the one-one. And this one's ripped to left field, hit well. Back on it, Stewart still going back, and that's a homer for Abraham Toro, his second of the season. It's a three-run homer, and it's 11 to nothing. A 0-1 swing and a fly ball hit pretty well and pretty deep to right center. Going back Santander, and that ball is gone. Chaz McCormick goes deep for the ninth time this year, and the Astros' lead is 12 to nothing. Here it comes. And that's a ground ball right side, right at Altuve to second for one. Garcia on the first in time, and that is the ball game. Ten wins in a row for the Houston Astros as they shut out the Baltimore Orioles 13-0. It's the Press Box with Grady and Bischoff on ESPN Las Vegas, 1100 AM and 100.9 FM. You should play the Orioles, Ed. It's all you need to get right, man. ESPN has the Astros second in the power ratings now. Behind? Should be first. Behind? The Giants? Yeah. Should be first. Uh, a guy for the Orioles made his major league debut yesterday, a knuckleballer. Only knuckleballer in baseball this there's year. Still, there's still that guy around? Yeah. Came back. Uh, his line, three and a third, eight hits, seven runs. It was his major league debut? Yes. Mm. The Astros hit four home runs off of him. He's not a knuckleballer anymore. They were just like, <laughs> my problem is my fastball is 56 miles an hour. So That might have been more effective. <laughs> it might have been.
He actually he got through the order the first time without giving up a run. They left him in, and they just lost. What a shock! Him. The Astros hitters figured him out like, after the first time. Like, hey, we guys, just think, wait a little on this guy, and I think he's gonna throw a knuckleball. Yeah, exactly. But you heard the guy calling the game for the Astros on the radio is Steve Sparks. He was a knuckleballer. I swear to God, he was sad. He was sad the well, Astros were lighting up the knuckleball. I'm a little sad only because I like watching knuckleball. Because there hasn't been a one around yeah. forever, so it's like it's kind of like, cool to watch R. guys R. like Dickey that. Dickey is the yeah. last like good one. All right, we have a voicemail that we're going to play from our favorite listener, Mike. Hi, this is Mike. Uh, thank you again for a great opening salvo, and thanks for pointing out that Carrie Price is not the second coming of Dominic Hashing. It's about time somebody recognized that the Stone miss and the uh, Riley Smith miss were just two tap-ins that anybody who could stand on skate should have made. The other the complaint that I have, and I know you probably will never air this, is that you ask for these calls, you play the promo two or three times. I've been listening to sports talk for 45 years, and I've never heard another sports talk show that takes calls and doesn't air them in most cases, just banks them. What do you do with them? It just goes into the ether, and that you don't open the lines and take calls, and you don't air any of the calls on a segment, or at least not in mass. I'm confused, but I love your show. Thanks. Well, loving our show and being confused kind of goes one yeah, that's sort kind of, of goes brand. together. That's the brand. I will say we don't take calls because I don't, I don't like caller radio because to me it's a little bit lazy. It, it, it would be so easy for us to just be like, Trey Young and the Hawks taking your calls. Anything you got. Yeah, I only thought calls really should be taken like if Gruden gets fired tomorrow. Right. Like it has to be a massive story locally to me that we like, would want feedback on a, like a huge story. Other than that, the problem with taking calls in sports radio is 95% of the time, it's going to be the worst part of the show for the rest of the listeners. Everybody else listening doesn't really care what most other fans call it. Now, 5% of the time, a caller can be spectacular Mm -hmm. and it can be the best part of the show. But, you know, like analytics, we're not going on something that's got a 5% chance of happening. Now, that's why we set up this voicemail hotline because you can call in and if it's good... We will play it, 702-720-4678. We can listen to it ahead of time. For Mike, we love Mike. Mike, one problem, you agree with us too much. Like the yeah. first half of that voicemail. We don't want that. I mean, we're not, we don't need to play a voicemail that just says you guys were right. Now, the key, though, Mike, the second half of that is you criticized us. Which if is great. you criticize us, yes. we're playing it. Jared hey. was pissed when he first heard that. Hey, Jared was seething over there. So if you criticize us, you're getting played. Hey, you are absolutely making it What's on. happened? Did Stone have the time he tried to jam it past his blocker? You, well, that, yeah. That, was, that wasn't as easy as the Riley Smith Well, he, he did miss the net entirely, and he yeah, was about he two feet away. <laughs> like, he probably shouldn't have scored because he was in a very difficult position to elevate it, but he didn't even put it on net. He shot it wide. So, like, you know, put it on net at least. At least make Carey Price miss it. Translation, hate us, Mike. <laughs>